Oh, who remembers that one there, man? That was the days, or those were the days right there when you would live for a Saturday night or, or a Friday night or whatever it may have been, depending on what, what part of Texas you were in. When you heard, when you heard that world class wrestling theme hit right there, that's world class championship wrestling. This is episode thirty of the Rodney Rodriguez podcast. That song there just brings back, it just gets you excited. And I ran across that the other day. I, I was working on some things and and I was searching actually for something on YouTube and and just with my the the things that I search for, world class wrestling showed up and that that little sounder hit right there and that. That that seriously was. I know in Austin, in Austin, I grew up in Lockhart, just south of Austin, and and I remember on on what is now KXAN TV thirty six, you would wait until midnight, I believe it was, and and then and you would you would sit and you wait and you had to get through Saturday Night Live, which back then was actually funny, and you would wait and then boom, boom at midnight it hit, and you had. World-class championship wrestling. So ahead of its time. So ahead of its time. Like I like to tell people, man, that that's back when wrestling was real. That's back when wrestling was real. I, I see some of the stuff now, and, and I know that folks are, are still into to the WWE and, and so forth, and there are very independent uh, independent wrestling organizations and, and leagues and so forth that, that really do keep it real to, to what this used to be. But we're, world-class wrestling was just so ahead of its time back then. You had... This was a, a made-for-TV for production. And, and again, professional wrestling is a production no matter what, no matter how you look at it. But this this was a program to where they were so advanced because at the time, at the time here in Texas, we had Southwest Championship Wrestling, which went on at the same time. And, and honestly, for me, Southwest Championship Wrestling was, was my favorite. And, and it remains to be uh, right now. I'm, I'm a part of a Facebook group. Uh, Southwest Championship Wrestling fans only, and that is man. We go back and and we look at some of that stuff in Southwest with Joe Blanchard and San Antonio. These these guys were ripping off ears with with uh, the the opposite with with claw hammers and and just beating the living shit out of each other back in those days and beating each other up out in the parking lot. And it was just very it was very gory and it was very realistic. I mean, you 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 knew you knew or you had at least some semblance of an idea that this stuff was choreographed or not real, but Southwest Championship Wrestling really gave you really gave you every freaking indication that it was the real shit. But anyway, back to world class. It was just, just so advanced, just the whole production that was put together with Fritz von Erich and everything that they did there. They had they had cameras in the ring and they had they had cameras around the ring. And the reason I correlate that because when we had Southwest, because Southwest would be on another channel at a, at a different time, maybe on a Saturday, maybe on a Friday. Those schedules. That's back when wrestling you would not see it in prime time. You would not see it in prime time but southwest was you know maybe a one camera you had one camera on the ring maybe a couple cameras in different places there at the junction in san antonio at 1704 blanco road at the corner of blanco and fulton by the way you would you had that but but at the sportatorium you would look at the the production that was put together at the world famous sportatorium by the the production group that that fritz von erich hired and this was you had you had cameras at ringside you had cameras on the ring apron you had cameras where the wrestlers walked down and and you had microphones in the ring and you you had all of these boom mics and it was just so much of a of a presentation that was put together and then with the with the von erics you know with fritz's sons there and and what a tragic you know story that is if you ever want to go back and and if you don't know the story of the von erics if you want to go totally freaking depress yourself google that one but 
it um world class just in a league of its own and at the same time you had Georgia Championship Wrestling which became WCW and and you had Mid South with Bill Watson and all of these different uh Paul Bosch had the the Houston territory there it's back when wrestling was territorial but but world class was really the one was really the one that made it it, it turned it into to just a great television television production but it wasn't doing what the wwf did to where the w, to, to me the wwf a lot of people when they when they know my history of just my fascination with professional wrestling as a kid was oh man i remember the days of the ultimate warrior and hulk hogan and Jimmy Superfly Snooker, and, and I'm like, man, that, that shit was no good. <laughs> that is what, man, you wanted the good stuff. You needed to be watching Southwest. You needed to be watching Georgia. You needed to be watching uh, uh, Bill Watts with, with Mid-South and, and World Class Pacific. You watch stuff with Austin Idol and, and the stuff over the Pacific Northwest. That was where it was, man. That was a heyday of professional wrestling. But I just had to play. I just had to play that little bump right there as an intro. It, it, by all means, not my theme song to play. And I do credit. Uh, let me go back here and credit uh, classic wrestling stuff on YouTube for supplying the intro there to this podcast number thirty, which should be a lot more than that, by the way, guys. But it's just uh, a matter of th- there's other things going on and and so forth. But um, anyway, welcome in and and this is being done on thursday january the 21st 2021 just off a, day, a very uh, a historic day in, in our country and, and i'm and this is this podcast is never political i mean we we may talk about the politicalness of sports and so forth because it's a sports podcast but uh, i want to tell you that this was a day yesterday on the on the 20th where i tweeted out you can follow me at the rodney r where i felt extremely i i felt proud to be an american and it's not this is not a slight at the previous administration this is not a, a tip of the hat or a slight at the new administration that is officially underway here in the United States. But just with everything, with with talk of with talk of wanting to work together, with talk of of peace, and with talk of just togetherness, and that's what the United States is united. For crying out loud, it's a, it's a bunch of United States, and that's what seems to be forgotten all too often because we are hardly united right now. And that's, you know, there's reasons. I mean, you have your own reasons for believing that we're not united, but that's the bottom line. We just, we're just not united. And and it's sad that you, that you, social media is supposed to please us, supposed to enjoy us. And we do that for, you know, social media was developed to, to try for us to be social. <laughs> ah, shit, great. That's why they call it that. But, what that has actually done is driven a wedge through our country, and all too often, social media is what causes many, many problems. Lord knows we see it in the world of sports, and it it is really our go-to news source. We all we we tweet and we get all of our news from Twitter. I mean, you remember it used to be we're talking here about world class wrestling. Anybody ever remember having to wait around for Dan Rather or Tom Brokaw or any of these guys to to get the world news as it was called back in the day, but and now we go to social media, and that's where we get our news, and that's where we get everybody's freaking opinion on it. And it's a little toxic. It's a little toxic at times, or sometimes you just have to decompress and turn that off. And I totally, I totally think that that's one of the reasons that that we do see the influx, and we see so many of the of the the, the mental health stuff that we see happening these days, and we've all suffered from it. This guy talking on podcast number thirty has had to deal with stuff like that, but. 
uh, a lot of it is because of that. But yeah, yesterday on the 20th, I, I really did feel, I felt proud to be an American. I felt a sense of togetherness, which to me, what, what I liked about yesterday is that so many times we see that sense of togetherness come in in our country, and it happens because we have something like 9-11, or we have something like the, these these school shootings, or, or uh, you know, whether it be mask killings at a mall or, or a shopping strip shopping center or whatever. Yesterday, we actually had a sense of togetherness just because of something that was happening that was not tragic, although we had the city where all of this was happening in lockdown because of a fear that, that there could be something that happened. And fortunately, there wasn't anything that happened, thank God. But it it, it just really felt good to, to be patriotic. It felt good to, to watch happy things happening. And, and it just it, it it felt good to be an American. I mean, had I had hot dogs and mac and cheese and, and everything else and a Coca-Cola, it would have been a perfect day because that's really what it felt like. And I talked to a lot of people last night and today that had the same feeling. And regardless of political stance, political opinion, it um, I, I hope that you did take that day in as well. And we're on to the 21st, so now we can all be pissed off at each other again and piss and moan back and forth about red versus blue and so forth. So anyway, but at least we did have the 20th. And it... Um, it, it, it's going to be an interesting year, and it's going to be an interesting year in sports. And, and we've got the NFL playoffs that are underway, and and my year will start very very soon because we're getting close to we're getting close to NASCAR, we're getting close to Daytona, we're getting close to IndyCar racing. Formula One is going to be rocking and rolling here very soon. I mean, here for me locally, my local and regional, uh, whether it be dirt track or asphalt racing stuff, it's already going, man. So so for me, my sports calendar is already firing up, and we're and we're balls to the wall and grinding. So it's it's about that time, but. but but you got the NFL going on right now, and we're into the, the to, to possibly the most exciting weekend of the year when it comes to the NFL, where you've got Championship Sunday, where it's not the not an understatement to say that so many times we've seen or Championship Sunday, where you have your championship, your conference championships, where that will sometimes sometimes be more exciting than the Super Bowl. You know, it's like the buildup. It's like when you go to a you go to a, a concert back in the days when you could do those radical, crazy kind of things, and you go to see the lead act. I mean, I mean, you're going to see no slight at anybody, but but you're going to see you're going to see Bon Jovi, and you get Winger that comes out before, and Winger is a hell of a lot more exciting than what Bon Jovi ends up being for whatever reason. That that's essentially what Championship Sunday does to the Super Bowl at times. Although in recent history, those Super Bowls haven't disappointed, but so you've got you got the Buffalo Bills taking on the Kansas City Chiefs, and it's Buffalo. You know what a story! I mean, the perennial, the the, the four time Super Bowl loser, four time consecutive Super Bowl loser, in a heartbroken city with Buffalo that that has been through so much when it comes to their Bills. And 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 I'm gonna I'm right here to tell you something. What I respect so much about Buffalo Bills fans is that there are so many of them that even through the hard times, even through the heartbreak, even through everything that they've been through, and all the dismal years. My friends, there have been some fucking dismal years for the Buffalo Bills that. They're Bills fans. The the Bills Mafia, they stay with them. They stay with them in this day and age. And, and it's something that gets under my skin so bad where I see uh, and I, I love to make jokes on it about social media on, on social media about it all the time where it's like, you know, a couple of years ago, there's all these Saints fans been Saints fans forever. 
And I'm like, well, shit, last year you liked the Rams, <laughs> you know? And, and, I mean, we've seen it with the Rams also when the Rams are ju- were just on this roll. And, oh, my, oh my God, uh, I've loved the Rams since uh, the, the Rams have been my team all along. It's like, well, that's that's odd. Last year, two years ago, you liked the 49ers. And Seattle's another one where, where they've got, you know, it's like, oh, man, every, everybody's in those. And granted, they do have great colors. I will tell you, I, 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 Seattle's one team that I would consider throwing one of those jerseys on if I went around wearing jerseys because, man, they're, they're, their color's kicking the shit. But uh, so many people that I know, oh, man, yeah, yeah, Seattle, man, that, that's my team. You know, they've been, uh, oh, yeah, when, how long they've been in the league? How long they've been in the league? Oh, you know, 50 years. I'm like, no, man, no, come on. But, um, Packer, the Packers, oh, well, we'll talk about them here in just a minute. But so, And then you got the Chiefs, and that's another one where I've seen an influx of Chiefs fans. I think I know about four or five, one in particular, that have been Kansas City Chiefs fans as long as I've been knowing them, and I've known them for a long time. But that goes without saying. That's just stuff that irritates me. So Kansas City and Buffalo. Patrick Mahomes gets hurt in that game last week, and it wasn't a concussion. He's, he's through the most of the concussion protocol. It, it was a, it looked, honestly when I saw it and what folks are talking about now in that game against Cleveland he got hit in one of those situations where you, did you ever have that there used to be this dude when I was in high school that the guy liked to walk around and he would just randomly put you in a sleeper hold speaking of, we can correlate this right back to what we were talking about at the beginning of this thing uh, you know the sleeper hold the wrestling move you bounce off the ropes and, and you the, the one arm goes underneath they put the uh, the hand across the top and they put you to sleep and the referee keeps checking your hand there to to make sure if you're asleep and you know they check it twice the third time it stays up in the air but that's uh i digress back to the original conversation here of professional wrestling but yeah there was a guy we had a guy in high school he'd just go around and put you in sleeper hold and i mean what he did he he got you in that one that one part of the neck right there that 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 little spot you get they get you right there and man you're out you are out and and if you really go back and watch that video of Patrick Mahomes going down against the Browns, it didn't look like anything intentional. Um, it was just one, a scenario where the way he fell, I think he got choked out. I mean, I really think he got choked out. He got knocked out. He, he walked up, and, and he was – I tweeted it out, wrote it on Facebook. Looked like me after a long night going to my uh, cab, you know. But it um, it does appear that that's a situation, and I have every hope and every every – thing that in me saying that Patrick Mahomes is going to play in that ball game coming up on Sunday and, and it would be a travesty if he didn't it would be totally disappointing if he didn't however the game must go on Colin Cowherd but Buffalo comes into this is this a scenario is this scenario uh, a scenario where Kyle Allen and the Buffalo Bills can seriously come in and knock off the big giant right here you we see we see, and it's what causes these bandwagon fans that I keep talking about. We see these teams go on on runs of of many many years, where you, you know they may get to the Super Bowl a couple of times. We we haven't had a back to back in a while, but you do have these runs where teams are really really good, and and they may win as Kansas City did last year. They may win the Super Bowl. They may go back this year, and if the trend continues, they would go back this year and lose. But that's to be decided. But do, do the Buffalo Bills really have that in them this year to knock off the Chiefs? I mean, you you watch the Buffalo team, and, and when I do watch the Buffalo team, they, they to me uh, are those guys, uh, they're those guys that, that get up, get up at 5 o'clock in the morning, put on their hard hat, this is old school, put on their hard hat, 
grab their lunchbox or thermos full of whatever it is, hot drink, cold drink, whatever it is. They go to work and they bust their ass. And that's really what the Buffalo Bills look like to me. They look like a team that has been put together and I don't say a team of destiny. Many will say they're a year off. And I think my heart tells me that they're about a year off and, and a year off of Kansas City losing their offensive coordinator to a head coaching job, Eric B. Enemy, for them to really make that big jump and be the team to beat in the AFC. But can they knock them off? I think damn well they can. I, I really think they can. And it's going to be a matter of getting after Pat Mahomes and, and trying to stop that high-powered Kansas City offense. Kansas City in the game against Cleveland, uh, I knew they were going to win that game early on because if you trace the history back of Kansas City, it goes back to last year, even against our very own Houston Texans, where Kansas City found a way to fall way behind and then have to chase their ass all the way back in and then thoroughly dominate to win football games. They didn't have to do that against Cleveland. Uh, I mean, they, they were ahead in the second quarter 16-3, to so this was charting its own course. But this is a very intriguing matchup. It's a very intriguing matchup. What does Kyle Allen and Buffalo do against that secondary of Kansas City? Can they exploit it? You got you, you got some you got some dudes back there. You got some dudes back there. They get into that cover three. Maybe they'll slip into zone a little bit back there. Cleveland was able to. Cleveland got jobbed. Cleveland got jobbed on that on that no touchdown, no call. So, and that was a turning point. My my exact thought when I saw that play with Cleveland, um, the the no touchdown there to Higgins. I mean, what what I thought seriously, where I flashed back in my old ass mind was back to the Mike Renfro catch with the Oilers and the Steelers because that was a game where the Houston Oilers were about to really dabble their toe in here and really about really about to take a stride and maybe beat Pittsburgh back in that I guess seventy eight or seventy nine game had that been withheld or had that been called correctly that's what was going to happen there I think this was Cleveland especially in that second half or in that second quarter about to go into the half where they were about to make a run and I think they got jobbed but I don't know that, that that's matchup number one then you've got Green Bay and you got Tampa Bay. What can you say about this? What can you say about Aaron Rodgers to, to sit and watch this guy? Green Bay, you, you knew that, you knew when the season started that Aaron Rodgers was going to have a chip on his shoulder. Green Bay goes out. They find themselves a young quarterback. They, they wasted that draft pick, for crying out loud. There, there was no reason to take that quarterback in the first round, but they did what they did. They're building for the future. We've watched many times before where a franchise will, Implement a youngster sitting behind a, a veteran guy, not a veteran guy like Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers sees that he takes that as a slight. He's not going to be. He's not going to be like the situation you had in Kansas City where Pat Mahomes is going to be groomed. Aaron Rodgers sees that. He sees that as motivation. What fifty touchdowns or whatever we're at right now, and you see just the the work of a magician on this past weekend as Green Bay just totally takes care of business there against the Rams and. Green Bay is really looking, really looking solid right about now, but you're going to roll in Tom Brady. And this is a great matchup where the, this game could be the one that, that makes the Super Bowl look like winger versus Bon Jovi with winger upstaging Bon Jovi on said concert night. Not that I ever saw those two together, but maybe this is the one. Maybe this is the one when you get the Battle of the Bays with Green Bay and Tampa Bay. I believe if there was any question in anyone's mind about, and if you ever did, and seriously, if you ever did question the legitimacy legitimacy of Tom Goat, or Tom Goat, of Tom Brady 
being the goat, friends, it um, it's been on display this year. We've watched him come in there with with Bruce Arians and and, and Tampa Bay, and and I saw something this week. I saw something this week that that was just very intriguing to me as a as a sports fan where I saw that that Bruce Arians was talking about he truly believes that one of the differences this year and what has been so enjoyable for Tom Brady is that in all of those years with Tom Brady and and Bill Belichick in in New New England and and what a run I mean proofs in the pudding right there it was Brady. Brady was doing his job. Brady was the the quarterback, the leader of the offense, team leader, whatever you want to call it. But now, Bruce Arians says there are times where he sits back and he just watches Brady work. He watches Brady, in 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 a nutshell, watches Brady coach on the field, whether it be on the field or at practice. He just lets him do what. And, and, and uh, imagine this. I mean, imagine. Imagine what anyone, anyone can learn from Tom Brady. It's, you see, every once in a while, every once in a while, there are athletes that just, um, the things that they do are, you can't, you can't explain it. You can't explain it where they just get better and get better and get better. Uh, We see in the sports world, it doesn't matter what sports you follow, you can go back and you can watch. Great athletes that maybe at the pinnacle of their career, they hit that peak, and then they get into those final years as, as they hit their ceiling and they begin, it begins to dwindle. And, and it's, it's human nature. Many, the, the older you get, that's, that's where you see the decline. But with Tom Brady, not only for one thing, just in, in the physical, I mean, look at the guy. I mean, look at the guy. And there's a lot of reasons. You can joke around about the supermodel wife and, but, but the dude takes extremely good care of himself. I, I mean, if Tom Brady rolled into my house and saw me eating frozen pizza and drinking natural light, I think Tom Brady would probably kick me right in the balls. But Tom Brady is just, he's just one of those athletes that comes along uh, maybe once in a lifetime to, to watch, and, and now especially being uprooted and going to a, a completely different situation, to watch how he, is, how he has taken this team and he's made them believe that they can win. And they have a huge undertaking on Sunday, taking on the Green Bay Packers because this is this is a Packer team. I've watched the Packers. I've seen some really good Packer teams, whether it be with with Brett Favre in these years with with Aaron Rodgers. But it it just looks so much right. It looks right now that this Green Bay team, this is this is dead set. There is no way if you really look at this that it's not going to be. Pat Mahomes and Kansas City against against Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers. It's drawn up. We're going to have a Super Bowl one rematch. There is no way around it. With if you look at the variables, if you look at everything on paper, there's no way around it. If you look at the performances from last week, well, maybe not last week because you had the injury there with Kansas City. And and how about? When, when you want to talk about it, it's so important in sports, and, and, I, and I hear this a lot when I talk to high school coaches, where they talk about you have to, and, and it's so hard with kids, but you have, to, you have to be ready. You have to be ready to be the next man, the next man up, the next man to get in line, you, and, and that's in life. That, that's in your professional job, whatever it may be. You have to be ready, and Chad Henney, my friends, Chad Henney, yeah, same one that used to play for the Dolphins. The same one that used to play for the Dolphins. Chad Henney was called into duty, and he comes in, and 
that's when you say, well, okay, you're going to need a game manager. Well, he came in and, and he did his job as game manager, but boy, did, did he make the plays when he had to make them? Did he make the plays when he had to make them? And we've seen this before. Matt Moore did it last year. But this is Chad Henney coming in, and, and you want to talk about shaking off rust and getting thrust into, into a pressure situation. Chad Henney did that, and it's always good. When you've got that backup quarterback, when you've got that backup quarterback that, that has the experience, that is ready to go at a moment's notice, they don't have to warm up. They've done it. They've known it. That's why I like the Andy Dalton acquisition for Dallas this year. And boy, did that pay off. They almost got in as a seven-win team into the NFL playoffs. But this this sets up no other way. But, I mean, would I be totally surprised if we got Buffalo and Tampa Bay? Oh, hell no, I wouldn't be surprised. And I, I think the NFL would be a little disappointed if we got that matchup. But, but it's totally conceivable that that's what we get. But Tom Brady. Tom Brady, to, to watch his work and to watch him add to his legacy with what he has done this year, it's just been tremendous, and it just speaks volumes to the greatness of Tom Brady. And speaking of that, you have to, when you want to talk about the greatness of Tom Brady, did you see the moment after the game with Brady and Breeze out on the field with his kids and his family? There you go right there. You can say what you want about Tom Brady. You can talk about, uh, you know, we, we all hear the stories. We all have heard the stories about Tom Terrific and maybe not so terrific. But that right there, that right there is where you saw just another piece of the greatness of the GOAT, Tom Brady. And when you're talking about GOATs, you got to talk about Drew Brees as well. I was, my heart was in, I was a Saints, I've been a Saints fan since back when they used to wear bags. Well, no, I, I haven't. But I was a Saints fan in this playoff run because I really wanted Drew Brees to get himself back. But he's he's probably going to step away. He probably needs to step away. He got hurt this year. Those injuries start to rack up. What a career he's had. He's going to step away. I think one of the things that we're going to think about with Drew Brees is, and, and this is what, and this is super important, guys. Listen to this. What Drew Brees did along with Sean Payton is they saved a city, a hurricane ravaged city from Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans. When San Diego decides that they're going in another direction, Drew Brees ends up in New Orleans and he puts that city, he puts that city on his shoulders, in his heart, and he is New Orleans. He played at Austin Westlake. He played right here in our very own backyard at one of our great high schools. And I'll tell you what, yes, we're proud of him. He's a local guy. He's our guy. But let me tell you something. Somebody comes up to me from New Orleans or from that Louisiana area and says, Drew Brees is our guy. I sure as hell ain't arguing with him because Drew Brees, when Drew Brees, when Drew Brees went to New Orleans, he took the city. He took it all upon himself, and he is just a treasure to them, and he's a treasure to us here. And thank you, Drew. If you never take another snap, my friend, it has been my pleasure and my joy to watch you. Philly Rivers is walking away as well. That's Talk about that. You go from Breeze to Rivers in San Diego. The air is right there. That's another guy right there where he has just done um, all of those years in San Diego and then that final year at Indianapolis. And how close are the Colts, y'all? How close are the Colts, man? I think if they'd have had, if they'd have had maybe a, a younger quarterback there this year with the Colts, with, with maybe just a little bit of that mobility that you see in a Pat Mahomes and you see in some of these guys, man, that's a really, really good team with the Colts. They get Carson Wentz, which could happen, uh, although I don't know if Philly hired a new coach today. They, they, they get themselves a brand-new coach. Maybe Carson Wentz stays. I don't know what's going to happen there. But be ready, friends. Indianapolis gets himself a, a quarterback, a young quarterback, gets themselves – hell, Dak Prescott. 
Dak Prescott in Indianapolis or, God forbid, Deshaun Watson in Indianapolis, and everyone is in trouble. And Houston fans, you you got yourself some kind of problem right there with this whole Deshaun Watson situation. Um, you, you've got an organization in complete turmoil right there, and, and they need to get their shit in one sock because it's getting kind of ugly over there. And um, uh, it, it could get worse there before it gets better. My heart is broken. George Springer's leaving Houston. Speaking of that, and just what memories George Springer has put in our hearts and minds as Astros fans, just all the fa- fantabulous things that have happened there in Houston. And I'll tell you, it's another thing where I talk about Drew Brees. So much of the respect that I have for George Springer is not so much for the memories that he made for me and my family in these magical years as my family uh, became huge baseball fans because of this Astros team that we have just watched but because of in particular number four it um it's the things that he does off the field it's the things that he does off the field he lives life the right way and he's just um he's a good dude he's a good dude he's going to be seriously missed there in Houston as the Astros will now begin to go a different direction it's going to be interesting over the Astros hey enjoy your conference championships hope episode 30 was good to you as good as it was to me Hope you enjoyed that wrestling stuff. I'll throw you some Southwest nuggets the next time. My name is Rodney Rodriguez. I'm in Texas. Give me a follow at The Rodney Arts, Rodney Rodriguez Podcast, Episode 30. Check out Rodney Rodriguez Sports for more good stuff. Be good, everybody.